the Lord tonight. Amen. Lift your hands unto God and say and worship him. Hallelujah. Jesus, have your way. We love you. We thank you, Lord, tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Amen. I don't know how preachy this is going to be. Um, so it's all right. Bear with me. I just feel like the Lord has a message tonight. Um, I kind of feel like he just laid something and kind of dropped something on my heart. And, um, and so anyway, amen. A test, testament, the New Testament. Amen. We hear the word New Testament, Old Testament a lot. And um, we just usually think front of the book, back of the book. Amen. It's either in the front or the back depending on when it's old, and we think sacrifices of animals, and we, we have a context in our mind. We, we kind of have a preconceived, we think, yeah, we know what the Old Testament and the New Testament. New Testament's um, Jesus, you know, then Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all this stuff, and then the Old Testament's just walking in the wilderness. That's kind of, we, we just, a lot of times that's where our mind goes. And so, um, you know, the Lord was very, um, He is, the Bible says that, um, he he never fails to keep his promise, amen. And uh, and so the New Testament, New and Old Testament, they're basically they're they're covenants and promises that God has made with His people, amen. Of salvation, amen. The Old Testament is God's way of saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to make a way um, to deal with sin, and He didn't. It was a shadow of things to come, but he, he said, this is a promise. I'm, I'm going to help you because uh, you have sin. Everyone has sin. We've all sinned. Amen. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so we all need to deal with the sin. Amen. Nobody's perfect here tonight. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Every single person in the sound of my voice has got to deal with sin. Amen. I don't believe, and I don't believe the Bible will, is, it, it, it lines up with the Bible. I don't believe you can go to heaven and never dealt with your sin. Amen. And I don't think that you can deal with it any old way you like. Amen. Ephesians 4 and 5 said there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Amen. It doesn't say whatever you want to believe is okay. And, and, you know, that's a kind of a, th a, a thought out there that, well, the, this group can believe that and this one can believe this. And, and they all say, well, we believe the Bible. Well, I don't believe that can be the case if the Bible says there's one Lord and only one faith and only one baptism. Uh, do we believe what the Bible says or, or, or not? I, I think the Bible is clear that there's only one way, amen, to be saved. God made a promise. I will make a way. He has said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, he's not going to leave you hanging. Amen. He's not going to let you out on a limb. And uh, humanity, he made a way in the Old Testament, the Bible, as we read that the, uh, the blood of bulls and goats, the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, the sinful, the dirty, the, those that were not right with God, those that had committed sin, sanctified to the flesh. He said, if you kill the animals and you kill these sacrifices, it doesn't remit the sin, but it's going to help take care of it for now. This is going to be a foreshadow of things. I'm going to help you get over some of this, and I'm going to show you there's a way. Amen? And so 
you had to do at least this. Well, the sin wasn't, it was still there. This kind of pushed it back, but if not, you were still guilty of it until, amen. So God made a way in the Old Testament. He made a promise, amen, with his people. Amen. The definition of a testament, amen, is a disposition or an arrangement of any sort which one wishes to be valid, the last disposition which one makes of his earthly possessions after his death, a testament or will. It's a compact, uh, a covenant, or a testament. Amen. Uh, I know most of you, the, the, a good way to describe this, explain this, is people, um, a lot of you may have. If you don't, you probably ought to get one. I need to probably get mine updated. But you all have a will, right? That's what it is. It's, it's what a testament that's what it is, your last will and testament. Whenever they read it, they don't say it's just his will. It's his last will and testament. And that's, your, uh, that's, that's the things that you have um, that in this life, before you die, you have, a, you have the ability to say legally where those things go. What happens to your estate? What happens if you have little children and, and you and your spouse pass away or die or what? You have, a, you have a legal. In this document, your last will and testament, amen, that is, that is your catch-all. That's your opportunity to say, you know what? I have millions of dollars in the bank, and I want it to go to a certain charity, or I want it to go. Um, it's what the law, that's what they're going to go to and say, oh, what, what do we do with all this stuff? I don't know. Let's fight and argue about it. Because that's what happens to people who don't have wills. So I encourage you on a totally separate note, get a will. That way it saves a lot of people a lot of heartache after the fact. Amen? But that, 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 that will, if it's clear and it's, it, and it's uh, distinct and it says, okay, you know, Billy Bob gets, you know, the, this chair. He really liked this chair. Nobody can take that chair from Billy Bob because it's in the will. Amen? It's a comfortable chair. Billy Bob liked it. And so whoever was, whatever. And, and if it's a, 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 a certain, if it's a house, if it's money, if it, whatever, it's, it's in that document. It's their last will. It's their last testament. Say, I promise I'm gonna, this is what I'm going to do with what I have. Amen? Amen. But as we read in Hebrews, uh, we, we read that... Verse number 16, Hebrews 9 and 16 says, For where a testament is, there must also of necessity, everybody say necessity, necessity. also of necessity be the death of the testator. It says in verse number 17, For a testament is of force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. If you have a will tonight, there is, it means nothing. It means zero. There's no law. You're going to say, oh, well, Billy Bob gets to come take your chair. No, I'm still alive. That's my chair. It's my favorite chair. I left it. When I die, he gets it. So that, it doesn't, there's no, that document means nothing until the person who wrote their will dies. Does that make sense? And so the testament, uh, uh, your last will and testament, it's the things you, you want to give to whomever or however you want to give your stuff away, but it doesn't matter until you die. 
Because no effect. It has no. You have to die before that. Someone goes. Oh, let's see the will. You're not going to walk, be walking to work and someone say, "You look sick today. You have a will. Let me see." <laughs> Your death of the testator is is a requirement. The one establishing the testament has to die, and once they're dead, the effect of the testament is becomes valid at that point. Amen. Amen. It's very important to understand this. Amen. Whenever you look at the Old Testament and the New Testament. Okay? And so the death of the testator becomes, brings the strength, and I feel the Holy Ghost tonight, brings the strength of whatever it was, amen, that the testament says or is. And so the Bible... Uh, Bible says in uh, that uh, it says that Jesus, verse number 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God? Amen. For this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. Amen. So the testament of God. Amen. It becomes effective. Amen. Can only become effective. The promise of God, the, the, the covenant of God that He made with His people, it can only become effective. Amen. When? When He dies. Very important. Very important to understand. Amen. But you got to die. God had to die. You say, how in the world? Man, you lost your brain. Amen. The Bible says that God is a spirit. Spirits can't die. Right? Amen. And so we've got to understand, when you begin to look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, amen, the Bible says we're not under the Old Testament anymore. I don't know about you, but I, don't, I haven't brought any bulls or goats to pastor for any sins that I've committed. Because that's not what we're, we're, we're not under that covenant anymore. There was a new covenant that was established. Amen. Aren't you glad for the new covenant? For the new testament? Aren't you glad tonight that we're not under that old testament? Amen. Aren't you glad tonight that Jesus cared enough? Amen. That he died. Amen. That we might have life. Amen. And G uh, Jeremiah... Uh, in Jeremiah chapter 31, this is what the Lord said about the Old Testament. And he said, this is what's going to happen. Jeremiah, the prophet 31, verse number 31, says, Behold, the days come, saith who? The Lord. Everybody say, the Lord. Behold, the days come, says the Lord. Okay? The Lord's speaking that who will? I will make a covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. The Lord said, I will make a covenant with you. I'm making a new promise. Amen. I am going to, I am going to give you a new covenant, a new promise. I, I, I'm, I'm establishing a new will and testament. There's 
going to be a day when, when this testament becomes effective and, 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 and you're going to see something new. I'm going to do this. The Lord said this. The Lord God said this. Jehovah said this. I will establish a new covenant. I'm going to be the one. It's not going to be anybody else. I'm going to do it. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to be the covenant maker in this one. I don't need anybody else. I don't need anybody. I'm going to make this covenant with my people. I am going to bring forth a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It says, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. This is all about the covenants of God. Although I was a husbandman unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write in their hearts, and this and will be their God, and they shall be my people. He said, this is a covenant. I'm going to put something inside of you. I'm going to put something in you. I'm going to put my promise in you. That's God's promise. Amen. You go and write in and say, I'm giving Billy Bob this chair. God just said, I'm making a promise. I'm going to put my law in your heart. That's God. Jehovah God said, I'm writing my law in your heart. He said, I'm writing my last will and testament, and I'm giving this to you. I'm giving it all to you. I'm going to put it in you. I'm going to make it a part of you. You're not going to let it go. You're not going to be able to drop it and break it. You're going to have it inside of you. That's where my promise is going. I'm making a promise with you tonight. I'm going to put my law in your heart. Hallelujah. The covenant of God. He established his covenant with you tonight, with his people tonight. Jeremiah said, and as speaking on the, or as the oracle of God, I'm going to put my law in your heart. What a promise from God. God said, he said, when I die, I get to put my law in your heart. That's what God was saying. He says, when I die, it's yours. When I die, my law is yours. Nobody, it's yours. It's a new covenant. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm just excited. I'm telling you, when I die, God said when I die, the covenant's yours. That's what a covenant is. He said, I'm making a new promise, and it's yours tonight. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, the promise is yours, and it's mine. And to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. Tonight, God doesn't leave anybody out. Amen. God is no respecter of persons. God doesn't care. But I'm telling you one thing. There is one Lord and there is one faith. There's one God that made a promise with me. There's one God that made a covenant with his church. There's one God that said, I'm going to put my law. He didn't say, I'm going to put 13 different laws or whatever law you want to believe or whatever promise you want to believe. He said, I am the God of all and I'm going to put my law in your hearts praise God he said there is one law the Bible says there is one amen I don't have to worry about it as long as I am obedient unto the word of God hallelujah praise God I'm telling you tonight God is a caring God he is a loving God Hebrews chapter 9 verse 16 we remember it says for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Necessity. There's no way around it. 
There's no effectiveness. There's no power behind it. There's nothing. It means zero. It just doesn't even mean worth anything. The paper that's written on it doesn't matter until the testator dies. The covenant maker, the promise maker, until he dies, it's a necessity. Amen. I think God knew that. I think he knew when he made the promise what he was signing up for. God didn't go, oh, I promise. We say that a lot. Oh, I promise to do that. I promise this. And you know what? It's real easy for us to say, you know, I just it didn't work out. I, I'm sorry. I didn't this or I didn't that. It's not, that's not a promise to God. But he said, you know what? The Bible, he, it's in his word that says that if you make a promise like that, it don't come effective until you die. And so when he says, I'm going to make a promise, he's committing himself to death for you. Amen. All the way back in that Old Testament, he was looking forward to you and to me tonight saying, hey, I'm willing to die for you. Amen. He didn't just show up. He, he didn't get surprised in the Garden of Gethsemane and, and when they came to crucify him. It wasn't a shock. Amen. He said in Jeremiah, I'm going to die for you. He said in Jeremiah, I make a covenant. I'm going to put my law. Amen. He knew way back long, long time ago, amen, that the day was going to come. He was going to hang on a tree. Amen. He was willing to do it. Amen. Because he cares about you hallelujah I haven't I don't intend to leave anything that I have on this world to anybody I don't know or care about amen amen the good things the things that I have are going to go to my family the ones that I care for the ones that I love because I care for them. I love them I want them to have my things amen amen God made a covenant with his people because he loves and he cares Amen. God made a promise. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 26, verse number 27 says, this is talking about Jesus. Amen. It says, and he took the cup. Jesus took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, to the disciples. He said, Drink, drink ye all of it. For this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. We don't see the New Testament fulfilled yet. Amen. We're still living under the law, we're still living under blood. Of bulls and goats. Do we have two promises? Uh uh. It's not two promises. The Bible says that God was manifest in the flesh, He is the image of the invisible God. Jesus robed Himself, God showed Himself. Amen. He, the, the Bible says that Jesus, that baby, was going to be called Emmanuel, God with us. He's not going to be Emmanuel, a second person with us. God said, I'm going to establish a covenant with you. Amen. The promise is God's promise. Amen. And so the way that he, amen, fulfilled, the Bible says he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. God's plan. Amen. Hey, in the beginning was the word. Amen. In the beginning was the word. Amen. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
Amen. And the Bible says, and the word became flesh. Amen. God came down to fulfill his promise to man, to humanity. Amen. God made the promise. The promise would not be fulfilled unless God made it and committed to it and followed through with it. Amen. We wouldn't be under the New Testament. Amen. If God himself had not died for you. Amen. Hereby perceive we the love of God that he laid down his life. Amen. John 3.16 is a beautiful scripture. But 1 John 3.16 says, hereby perceive we the love of God. This is how much God loves us. Put 1 John 3.16 on there, Josh, if you can. 1 John 3.16. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us. Hey, God understood what it meant back in Jeremiah. He said, I'm going to make a covenant. I'm going to come and I'm going to lay down my life. Hey, I, I, I'm going to come and I'm going to, I'm going to walk on this earth so that I know what it feels like to walk on this earth. I'm going to know what it feels like to have hurts and pains and, and loneliness and fear and doubts and temptation. I'm going to do all that so that whenever I, 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 can, I can understand, amen, and whenever I leave and I die, then I'll have the ability to put that promise in you. That'll become effective. My promise will then become effective. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Amen. I'm telling you, God's promise, amen, fulfillment, the New Testament, amen. This Old Testament, New Testament was way more than just the front of the book and the back of the book. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, amen, we're under the New Testament. We're under the new promise. God has given us a promise. And tonight, amen, if you haven't obeyed, amen, the new promise, uh, the fulfillment, if you haven't accepted that promise, amen, you need to tonight. God's here tonight saying, hey, I did this for you. I want to put the law in your heart. I want to put my promise in you. Oh, hallelujah. First Timothy 3 and 16, I have it written here, says, And without controversy, <laughs> no controversy, none. Without controversy. There's not one thing that you could say in any sense. Almost there's opinion on everything. Amen? You go to work and talk about religion. or Boy, I tell you what, you'll get into some doozies. I don't care if you say, I mean, just up here, <laughs> up here working, you can say, hey, I think it should go left. Well, it should go right. I think it should go up. I think it should go down. I think it should go back. I think it should go forward. I think it should go around and around. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. But without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God himself was manifest in the flesh. That's important. Because the New Testament has no validity. It's not powerful. It is nothing unless God dies. Amen. God has to die. Amen. For the validity and the power of the New Testament. Amen. John chapter 19. I'm, I'm getting close to being done. Everyone say amen. Amen. That was a test. <laughs> you guys don't ever amen any other time. 
Can I get amen? Amen. I'm almost done. Can I get amen? Amen. John chapter 19, verse 29. Amen. Verse 29 and 30. It says, Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth, Jesus' mouth. Oh. <laughs> Jesus was on the cross. He was hanging after having all the, the wounds and the, the mocking and the trial and the, the beatings and the physical condition that he was in. He put it to his mouth. They put it to his mouth. And when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. I'm here to tell you tonight, when Jesus said it is finished and he gave up the ghost, don't you forget he remembers what he said back in Jeremiah. Don't you forget back what he said. He said, hey, all things are, pa old things are passed away. All things become new. That old covenant, that old promise, it's done. It's over. It's done. It's finished. And he gave up the ghost. And he died upon the cross. He died upon the cross. Amen. And at the very moment, the veil was ripped in twain. And the earth shook. And thunderings and lightnings. Amen. Don't tell me, amen, that God didn't die that day for your sins and for me. Amen. That covenant didn't take effect and take power. Amen. And didn't set something in course and say, and at that very moment, he said, it's over with. Now begins a new day, and now begins a new time. Now it's beginning. It's all that's all over with. All that's past. The veil's done. There's no more veil between us and or between me and my people. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. It's finished. It's finished. Hallelujah. You know, many times people try to go to Scriptures in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John say, that's the New Testament, that's New Testament, that's New Testament. What does the Bible say? When does the New Testament start? It is finished. So you can pull John 3.16, that's great. If you believe, that's great. But the Bible also says if you believe as the Scripture has said. Amen. Believing wasn't the New Testament. Believing didn't. It wasn't under the New Testament. Believing was when Jesus was still walking around saying, if you believe, he's still walking around alive. <laughs> he's, he's still walking around healing people, doing miracles and all these wonderful things. Amen. We can't go to these Scriptures. It's not the New Testament. Amen. You've got to go to the New Testament. Amen. You've got to go, amen, to the beginning. Jesus dies, and he rose again on the third day, and he spent a little time, spent a, spent a little bit more time on earth. Amen. Had a few more things to tell his people. Amen. And he told his people, he told his people, he said, in Luke chapter 24, 
In Luke chapter 4, 24, I'm sorry, verse 46 says, And said unto them, this is Jesus, said unto the disciples, Thus it's written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise. Woo! What's the promise? That New Testament. That covenant. That promise. That he said, I'm going to promise you something. He said, go to Jerusalem. He said, it's, the old one's done. The old one's over with. It's finished. And wait. And, 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 and now there's a beginning coming. He said, wait. And then, and then now there's a beginning. You're going you're to see something that's going to happen here. Uh, it's beginning at Jerusalem. That's where the New Testament begins, Brother Brandon. It's not, it's not back some uh, uh, back in, in, in Matthew 1 and 2. Or, or I'm telling you, when he said it's finished, he didn't just leave it. He said there's going to be a new beginning. You're going to know when this thing starts. I'm not going to leave you out there hanging. Amen. God loves us too much, cares too much about us. He said, hey, the old is past. Amen. But go to Jerusalem. Repentance. Baptism in my name. That's what's going to be preached there. That's where it's going to start. That's where it's going to happen. Go there. Then that begins the New Testament. That's when my New Testament is going to take effect. Hallelujah. John chapter 14, verse 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. The Comforter, his Spirit, he said, I am with you, but I will be in you. He said, he, he told his disciples, don't worry, don't fret, I'm going to send the Comforter. He said, I will send the comforter. I will come to you. This is all about God's promise. Aren't you glad that God cares enough to do his own work? Amen. Aren't you glad that when God says, hey, I love you enough that I'm going to put my laws in your heart. I know i got to die. I'm going to. He says, I am going to be that comfort. And that comfort is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Ghost. Jesus said the Holy Ghost is going to be your comfort. The Holy Ghost is going to be your comfort. It's going to be what you need. It's going to be the, the, the promise. It's going to be me. It's going to be my spirit. It's the comfort. It's what's going to take care of you in times of trial, in times of tribulation. It's what's going to help you in times of storm. It's what's going to get you through this mess to the day that I return. It's what's going to get you out of this world. Amen. The Bible says that we're quickened by his spirit. We've got to have the Holy Ghost. So it's going to begin at Jerusalem. Well, he says it in Acts chapter 1 as well, verse number 4. And being assembled together with them, this is Jesus, okay? Soft, meek, quiet, little, right? No, I don't think Jesus was a wimp. I think when he spoke, he spoke with authority when it came to the things of God. He spoke with power. The Bible says that he spoke as one having authority. Amen. And so we read, he says, he was assembled together with them, and he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. 
which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And when they there when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. And when they had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Acts chapter 1. He's still telling them, go to Jerusalem. It's going to begin there. Go to Jerusalem. That's where it's going to begin. So if Jesus said, go to Jerusalem, that's where everything's going to start. This New Testament, new covenant, new promise. I think that's probably a pretty good place for us to pick up where he left off. Amen. And so when we look at the Bible, when we look at the Word of God, and people say, oh, you can get there, you know, it's, we're all, this, all roads lead to Rome, and we'll all get to heaven somehow, some way. Jesus commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem. That's where the promise is coming. If you leave Jerusalem, you will not be a part of the promise. You're, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the boat. He didn't say you can have a variation some other day, some other way, some other how. He said, it's going to begin in Jerusalem. Amen. And don't think those devout Jews forgot what Jesus, what Jehovah had told them in Jeremiah. Amen. Don't, forget, don't, don't doubt that those Jews didn't know the word of God, that he said that the promises where there was a Messiah coming. And there was one going to save them, and, and it was going to be a, a wonderful thing, and it was going to uh, take care of all of this mess that they were in. And He said, go to Jerusalem. That's where it's got to go. So I know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all in the New Testament, okay? I want to throw anybody for a loop here tonight. But if we listen and believe what the Bible says, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... They tell you how to prepare and get ready for what God is doing. Amen? Am I in the book tonight? I, I, I mean, is this what the Bible says? The Bible is, this is what the Bible says, right? It says the death of the testator has to happen before the testament becomes effect. And Jesus, God, said, I'm going to put my laws in your heart. In Jeremiah. Amen? And so all the way up until the time of Jesus, they're doing... Blood, bulls, goats, all this kind of stuff. But Jesus, the Bible says that he was God manifest in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. And we believe that God wrote himself in a fleshly body as a child. And he came to earth and he walked on the earth. He was fully God and fully man. And as he walked on the earth. And so when he died, God fulfilled his promise. It's that simple. It's, not a, it's, it's, it's that simple that God's promise of the covenant was fulfilled when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was rent in twain, and he said, it's finished, now go wait until it begins. Pretty simple. Amen? Amen? Amen. If I'm out of the book, show me where. Amen. If pastor's listening in, I don't know, I'm sure I'll have a phone call when this is over. But I believe that's what the Bible, that's, that's just, it's just Bible. That's just what the Bible says. That testament 
He was a mediator. The Bible says he was the mediator between the old and new. And so he says, you're going to go. And so in the first, again, I, I know I'm being repetitive. I just want to be clear. This is a simple, easy thing. God doesn't try to confuse anybody. He says without controversy. Even in the first chapter of Acts, he's saying, go to Jerusalem. Stay at Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem it's all going to begin there. It's all going to happen there. The promise is going to happen there. It's all this, all this is going to happen. These Jews have waited for hundreds of years for the Messiah to come, for this to happen. This was like a big deal for, him, for them, not only them, for us, for me, for you, for every generation since then. Amen? And so... Holy Ghost is a comforter. It's a promise. It's what God said he was going to send. The beginning, the beginning, the beginning of the promise. So that was Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. You've got to realize these Jews have been praying, God is going to send the promise. Jesus said the promise is coming. And they've been praying, 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 praying since he died. Amen? They weren't just sitting around playing rummy. They, they, were, they were praying and asking God, God, send the promise. Send the promise. Send the promise. Send the promise. Well, they got their minds together, got in one mind and one accord. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, we'll pick up at the beginning. Are you with me tonight? Amen. We'll pick up right here at the beginning of the New Testament. The very beginning of the New Testament. God said it's going to start there. You don't want to argue with God. It starts at the beginning, right? The New Testament begins in Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the New Testament, the Holy Ghost. And when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen? We just witnessed the beginning of the New Covenant, the New Testament. Amen. And so they begin their journey. They begin, God sends the beginning of his new covenant, the sins of the testament. New Testament salvation begins, Acts chapter 2. Amen. Verse 1 to 4. I don't think anyone can argue that with me. I think it's pretty clear. It's pretty simple. It's pretty, pretty right there on target. It's what the Bible says. It's what God said. And I'm not in the arguing with God. I sometimes wondered. Why I got to go through this and that, but I'm not going to argue with God. Amen? And so we experience, these souls experience the very beginning. Amen? And so they get excited about it. And so they're, the Bible says they were, they were all excited speaking in tongues, got the Holy Ghost, and apparently somehow or another they ended up outside Amen. So apostolics 
It's okay to shout and worship and be crazy because at the beginning, they thought they were drunk. So when you say, hey, you don't have to, we shouldn't really have to worship like this. Really don't have to clap your hands, don't have to shout and jump. Why not? They did that at the beginning. At the beginning, they shouted. At the beginning, they spoke in tongues. At the beginning, they, they acted silly enough and crazy enough in their worship that people thought, hey, these guys are drunks. People started making fun of them. Hey, look at these guys. They're acting silly. They run the aisles and jumping and stuff. You're not supposed to do that in church. You do if you got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you do it, you did it, they did it at the beginning. They did that at the very beginning of the Holy Ghost, at the very beginning of the promise. Amen. Why should it change? Why should we change it? Why should, it, why should the experience of Pentecost, amen, be any different today than it was 2,000 years ago? Why should it be any different, church? Amen. We, we got the Holy Ghost. You got the power of God living inside of you. Amen. It's the same experience. Amen. And God, God's covenant hasn't changed. This is the promise. Amen. We have the promise of the Father here tonight. Amen. That's the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's the power of God living inside of you. It's the power of the Spirit living inside of your life. That's what God said. Amen. Well, then they preached. I'm just about done. You may you can go ahead and stand tonight. Musicians, come. This may be a little odd for Thursday night. Brother Merriman up here preaching, teaching, whatever I'm doing. I don't know. Felt really strong to talk about this tonight. And so the beginning, the New Testament, it's a big, big, big deal. There's two parts of your Bible, the old part and the now part. We're only, we're only supposed to obey one part. There's one Lord. There's one faith, one baptism. It doesn't make a way for any other. In my calculation, I just don't see that. And so in the beginning... That's okay. Then folks got the Holy Ghost that way. Well, if you go on a little bit more, Peter, the preacher, kind of got up like I'm doing tonight saying, hey, you know what? All this blood of bulls and goats and all that kind of stuff, you know, you just kind of, that's all over with now. That's done. Oh, yeah, by the way, Jesus, he was God, and you killed him. That's what he told him. He said, you bunch of people, you killed him. He said, that same Jesus, he was Lord in Christ. You killed him. He didn't take it easy on him. He said, you know what? You murdered your only hope. You killed your only hope. The man that came, the, the, God came to try to help you, and you destroyed it, and you killed it. Don't kill it tonight. Your only hope. We can't kill this. Amen. Don't let this slip through your fingers, church. Don't let it go. Don't, don't pick it apart and destroy and kill uh, this promise and, and say it's something not. I'm telling you tonight, God has a promise, one promise for his people. Amen. And that's what Peter said in Acts chapter 2. Amen. In verse number 37, it says, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we do now? 
They didn't make excuses. They didn't try to say, well, you know what, it's all right, because, you know, he was a bad guy, and, you know, he deserved it. And he said, you know what, you're right. We've been wrong. We've been wrong this whole time. But now what do we do? How do we make this right? How do I make this right? And Peter, verse number 37, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the promise. The promise. What did Jesus say? He said, go to Jerusalem. That re- baptism, repentance and baptism in my name is going to be preached in Jerusalem. What did Peter just preach? Repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. Peter was standing there in Matthew 28, verse 19. Josh, Brother Josh, you want to get that on the screen? Matthew 28, 19. I just want to make a, make a point here. A lot of folks will try to say, hey, well, this is, we should baptize in a, in a, in a three-title three deal. Peter, standing here, Peter was there when Jesus said, go and preach or teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And so at the beginning, wouldn't that be a good place to to go to look and see how he told them to be baptized, the beginning. I'd say go to the beginning. And Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you know, you don't find one place from that moment on Anywhere at all Acts chapter 8 verse number uh, 16 for as yet he was fallen upon none of them only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Acts chapter 10 Peter Acts chapter 10, verse 48, Peter says, And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost? Have you received the promise, the new covenant, since ye believed? You believe? I thought that was enough. No. Have you received the Holy Ghost since that time? You believe? That's good. But you got the Holy Ghost to go with that belief? He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? Here it comes. Okay, you don't have the Holy Ghost. Well, then how were you baptized? That was really kind of an important one, he said, because there's really one Lord, one faith, one. Paul now. Peter was preaching in baptism in Jesus' name. Now, Paul, see what that dude says. Verse number 3 of Acts 19, 3 says, And he said unto them, Were you baptized? And they said unto him, John's baptism. Verse 4, Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, 
that is on Christ Jesus. When all, when they heard this, these folks were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So you go to the beginning. God said, hey, I'm going to put my, 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 my promise in you. I'm making a covenant with you. He said, go to Jerusalem. Repentance, baptism in my name is going to be preached there. You go to the beginning, the very first time they received the Holy Ghost. They spoke in tongues, and the Spirit gave the utterance. People asked, what do we do? We want this too. That rhymed, huh? What do we do? What do we do? Well, we want this Holy Ghost. We want this new covenant. Well, Peter, Matthew 28, 19, want to get that back up there? Peter, out of sheer disobedience, as honorary as he was, he said, you know what? I don't care what Jesus said. I'm going to tell him how I want him because he preached. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name. So it was, he must have disobeyed Jesus. Not really because Jesus said baptize in the name. That's what he did, right. baptize in the name of Jesus. Well, Paul, he had to have been a, he was a horrible guy too, right? Because he told him he commanded them to be baptized opposite of what Jesus said, right? No. Tonight, amen. If you play soft, get me out of this mess. Amen. I just, I, I just, it's, it, there's New Testament, Old Testament, it's a little more than just front book, back of the book. Amen. It don't start. That's where I think some confusion gets in and the devil has weaved lies and has put has sown false doctrines and because you can take a lot of what you say what Jesus said you can take that and make it into something that's way more than what Jesus ever intended it to be you don't find anywhere in the beginning of the new covenant that anybody ever baptized that way in the father and son they just didn't do it but you can take, oh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's, I agree. But that's not what Peter said in the beginning. You know what? You've got to believe that them people there, Peter had to convince those heathens that Jesus was God. And they had to believe it. And they realized, I believe this. I'm lost. Now what do I do? So the scripture, John 3, 16, is very true. But I'm telling you, the devil would like and has tried and has done very well at building salvation off of scriptures that were not from the beginning of the new covenant. Amen? Amen. Amen. Why don't you lift your hands tonight? Amen. Why don't we maybe gather around the front for just a few minutes and just ask God to...